everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. We've, uh, you know, I guess we've started a lot of these with beard talk and whatnot. I mean, why not? I've just noticed that you should have seen him two weeks ago, Neil. He had uh, straight, just mustache. But before that, he had good, solid beard. Yeah, longer shaved beard. It. Yeah. yeah, shaved it and just kept the kept the stash, you know. And I was like, man, but that was two weeks ago. And now you look like you've been growing a beard for 48 months. I was months. thinking about the and because Roy's... <laughs> um, Roy's show, we open up uh, with <laughs> yeah, the mustache, did, which aired today. Um, and so I was thinking about it. I was like, yep, tomorrow you'll see. Because a lot of people mentioned it last week because I uh, had it really, the mustache really long and I let the rest of the beard grow in, right? Just, right. You know, because right. as one does uh, grow a beard, <laughs> you grow it. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I trimmed the mustache to be even with the rest of it and everybody was all of a sudden like wait your beard's back and i was like well yesterday it was here too you just thought about the mustache first <laughs> yeah. because it was still so long mm-hmm. well mckenzie's mills you know ryan uh they were mentioning about your beard and yeah said that your your wife was uh begging you all the time to trim, to trim it up yeah, and now it, it is look and at you handsome devil i know yeah. thank you yeah look at that yeah and i've even shaved some of my cheek your cheek hair. Yeah, my cheek hair. <laughs> you're, you know, you're right underneath it, the eyebrow hair. Keep it tight. You know, I used to kind of let it fly free. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> nothing nothing wrong with letting your freak flag, freak flag fly, my yeah, friend. Then you, right. you can get started with mine a little bit where I've got a tricolor going yeah, on. Yeah, I there love the tricolor. Yeah, the yeah. tricolor. Because well, I've got, got these gray spots yeah. on the chin. I've got like That's one nice. gray. gray <laughs> it's like a, a patch. Like you got to like, let that one grow long. <laughs> That's yeah. right. <laughs> Braid it. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more great to come sooner sooner rather than later with two toddlers and, oh, man. and my lovely wife, who I love very much. <laughs> yes, yes. My wife is, is very lovely as well. And I should have taken her suggestion all along and trimmed my beard down because right. yeah. I look so handsome. Right. You do, man. Yeah. Yes. It's the haircut, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Actually, my hair was a lot longer, too. That so. looks good. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank I'm, you. Thank you. Now I'm starting to get jealous of all this hair talk, guys. Seriously, come well, on. Well, yeah. you were the one without gray beard, so. Yeah, I'd rather have hair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, though. Uh, for those of you, because you can't see me, I, I am very bald. Uh, uh, and did not choose it. That it hat, chose me. That hat is not your hair? No. Oh, no. Weird. It's a pretty cool hat. But uh, nope, the bald life chose me. I did not choose it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, uh, I did have to, I did shave it. I embraced shaving it. You know, I didn't want to be Costanza. I think we've talked about that a few times. Nothing wrong with Costanza. He's got a great personality, you know, Seinfeld and whatnot. But uh, I think when you get bald at an early age, you have to like grow your personality a whole lot. Because <laughs> yeah, if you right. don't, you're just yeah, suck yeah, completely. That's, that's you know? right. You're like miserable. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got a frown on your face and, and your, your eyebrows are all sunken in. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I guess there's a market for if you look at some Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that's this cool. scowling bald man. Yeah, money too. That that. That but, has a lot to do but, with it. But, yeah. but hey, for me, it was guitar, you know. I, you know, so right. thank God I was bald, and, and the Lord blessed me to be able to play guitar. Because if I was bald and couldn't play guitar, man, that would be tough. Man, not against bald people. I'm bald, so if you're all bald out there, there's there's plenty of things to look look up to, look hey, forward to. You're bald. I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> so, vertically challenged has its own issues. That's right. right. We're all we're all self conscious about all kinds of stuff right now. So. Right. Anyway, did we were we? Oh, we we oh, we, we need to interview. Is this it, a show? Is this show we need to introduce the guest i think you know right. who is this ghostly voice you hear over here this is uh neil copeland from uh seven lakes kennels retired army um it's re- i can say retired right uh, retired is not the case i mean no. i spent eight years in got but, you okay yeah, so what's what's the word so army veteran yeah just okay uh, just straight veteran. up army yep. veteran uh-huh. so that made me look really stupid no that's okay so <laughs> <laughs> i did not do 20 for the guys that have yes. congratulations yes yeah. uh, we, so actually that if they do 20, are they retired? Or they are. are they, okay. Well, okay. it just, I guess it also depends on when your retirement date comes. So mm-hmm. you can also up and you can re-enlist right, and, right. and different things like that. But that, okay. you know, they have sign-on bonuses and different things that might come into play. Mm-hmm. So there so. is such a thing as a retired army. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Retired mm-hmm. vet. Retired, retired veteran. veteran. Yeah. yeah. So just your so neither I think I made way. I think I made fun of you for saying that. You probably did, and that's okay. Retired veteran cuz I was like <laughs> No, I did my service time. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. And we very much very appreciate it. it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with yeah. 8 years of <laughs> right, service right, for exactly. sure. Yeah, that's so, good. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you very much. Uh, we've had a lot of military folks on here and we certainly appreciate it obviously coming from Moore County where we're mm-hmm. right next to Fort Bragg, so it's a very influential part of uh, everyday life here mm-hmm. in Moore County. So definitely appreciate your service. And sorry, I wrecked that whole retired, not retired thing. But uh, well, hey, no, you think I, I would think, know that I think it's now. a good learning curve, though. Right. Yeah. You know? For yeah. other, other yeah. people out there, civilians. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's right. That's yeah. part of what we hope to accomplish here. That's right. Yeah. You know, That's more, not less. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. It's yes. very much more. More. <laughs> uh, all right. Less. So, yeah. So, Neil, Neil Copeland, uh, Seven Lakes Kennel. So, why don't you tell mm-hmm. us about a little bit, uh, kind of a little backstory. What what brought you, where are you from, first off? Well, initially? I'm from Springfield, Missouri. Okay. I uh, came here in 2011 to work with Canines with K2 Solutions. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a local, were... yeah, contract yeah. company. Yeah, okay. Uh, when the IDD program was here, it's improvised detector dog program. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of worked dogs out in front of Marines and stuff, and then kind of deployed with them a few times and went downrange. And uh, the dogs were an incredible piece of that whole operation. I mean, wow. you could send dogs out in front, you know, that otherwise guys were, you know, wanding, mm-hmm. um, looking for IDs or anything like that. And then, so from there, it is a matter of, uh, you know, the, the safe zone between the dog and the platoon in itself would be incredible. It could be two, 300 meters. And the cool thing about it was, is that they took the design that a waterfowl dog has, right? So mm-hmm. um, you could send what's called a, a, a blind retrieve. Okay, mm-hmm. and a blind retrieve is is that um, you would s- send a dog stand sitting next to you. You'd say back, and the dog would go back, and he runs out there, and you could blow a whistle, and he turns around, and looks at you. You can cast him in different ways. Hmm. So then you could cast him to different spots of interest if you wanted, and then that you know created a safe zone for Marines. Mm-hmm. So it's an incredible program. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, some pretty awesome people left in the community here. There were a bunch of trainers and different from different areas and different venues and canine stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah. So it was a, it was an incredible program. Um, and then from there, uh, I trained dogs to person born dogs, which you know to f- find different things on people in K Doc and K Doc 
chaotic environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was like with the masters in NFL and NHL and stuff like that, you know, out in front. So you see those dogs working out there in the front. Um, they're providing a service. Wow. And I used to train some of those. NFL, NHL. NHL, NFL, Major Masters. League Baseball, mm. Masters. Yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. basically they, they're d- trained to smell or sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, different different things. Whatever you train it yeah, to whatever, smell. Like yeah, right. I mean, you could train it to smell vanilla if you wanted to. I, mean, I was. You know, I mean, I'd like to train one to find money. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Go get me money. Go find the money. But no, I mean, you could do that probably. But, yeah. you know, we haven't really touched on the dog's nose. Mm-hmm. You know, the dog's nose is incredible. Wow. So, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they say you could take a thimble full of blood, pour it in one pool, and, you know, a dog that's imprinted on blood. And then you can put another pool that has nothing, and that dog will indicate on the pool that has blood in it. So mm-hmm. you're looking at parts per trillions, I mean, wow. that a dog can actually smell. Wow. So it's incredible. Yeah. Man, that is fantastic. Man. Definitely, uh, you know, a man's best friend for sure, too. So also just serves as a, I mean, they're protecting you know, those out in the fields and serving and, and just, uh, you're, you just, you gotta love a dog, you know, yeah, I mean, my wife is uh, myself and my wife, we got two, uh, we got, can you fix annoying dogs? <laughs> no, I love yeah. him. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. my dog for my wife. Cause she, well, she probably won't listen to this anyway, but she, she, uh, she knows he's annoying, but we have a little dog named blue and, uh, he's got two crystal clear. I know it's original name, but he has crystal clear blue eyes, but he's black and brown. Right. And he's like 50 pounds and he's like a, uh, he, he just whines and when there's food around just <laughs> like just the most annoying dog you've ever met we love him but you know just the most annoying dog neil's probably like man i could fix that in a day well it's a, a <laughs> i mean food drive is a great it. thing to work with yeah. yeah you know yeah i mean if yeah. your dog has food drive it's you know now you can do something with it oh, okay you know dogs that don't have a lot of food drive then you kind of go into the toy drive and stuff yeah so if food's around then you can probably use that food to shape any kind of behavior you'd want to that's awesome so yeah. because we've touched on it this is I I feel like a lot of people uh, misunderstand dog training. Okay, and at least that's my. I think some of I think there's I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I, I will say like uh, there are different techniques. There are dog trainers all over this county and and things, and we all have different perspectives and and you know uh, techniques and and experiences in life and stuff. What's incredible about this community is that you can kind of what your flavor is or what your what you deem as good dog training or whatever can be used by a lot of different people here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've come from different backgrounds. So mm-hmm. not one technique's better than the other. It works for different dogs. Mm-hmm. Different dogs require different things. You can't go to children in a school and use the same technique as a parent or a teacher all the time because mm-hmm. it doesn't work well. And right? I think so, I think that's a great comparison. Sorry to interrupt as, no, again cool. as well. Yeah. But I think that is kind of where I see a, some misunderstanding is people treat a dog or dogs in general sometimes as if they are not capable of understanding you know, everything that comes from a person you know that dog is just an, an animal a dumb animal you know i heard it a lot growing up i feel like it used to be a very common refrain in general is like oh it's just a dumb animal but they are you know they're intelligent and they can pick up on cues and they have different drives and you know, comparing yeah. them to children might seem insulting to some people, but I think that's an apt comparison because they both are learning. Right. And uh, 
Uh, you know, there's different levels of intelligence in dogs, too. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, I certainly don't want to put people off by saying by children or whatever. But <laughs> the comparison is, right. is that when you have a, you know, toddlers learn in different ways and, right. you know, they come with, I mean, we have, probably haven't even touched on some of the, you know, medical issues that dogs could have, like mm-hmm. neurology issues and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, some kids, um, uh, unfortunately completely unfortunate but have some disability of some sort and maybe we don't even recognize that in canines right Mm -hmm. so that's a point in which you know some trainers or you know think about or you know that we i think we all should think about is that you know dogs are dogs are on those levels too so you know you're not working with you know a dog okay so a good a good way to put this is that a dog that makes good eye contact with you is one that's going to want to be a team player Okay, but a dog that wants to look away all the time and finds the world their oyster, then you're kind of like if you'll go back and 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 just apply that in life. Okay, for some for for a dog. Next time you try to go look at a dog or whatever, see if he makes good eye contact. If that dog makes good eye contact, then follow through with. Well, how much does he want to be a team player? Is he following me? Is he not following me? Because you're going to find that eye contact is one that is trying to play the game with you. The one that is not is looking out there in the world going. Whenever you let's get back to feed me, but until then, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing because I'm, I'm not coming back <laughs> until you have some food because that dog is looking for a reward from you. He's not looking through you for a reward. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's amazing. So his eye contact is really everything. Yeah, I, I've never thought about that. I mean, yeah, th- that's something I never considered either. And it's innate. It's innate eye contact. The willingness to do that. A lot of trainers are in a lot of like puppy classes and stuff. Work on focus. Focus is great, you know, because it it takes this mumble jumbled brain that's all over the place and gives it some kind of harness and say, hey, look, look to me for something, you know, not the rest of the world, which is wonderful. But that's not innate. That's shaped. That's Mm -hmm. trained. So you might be taking that personality that may be really bold and otherwise thinking of an afterthought that you're just a food provider versus the dog that really wants to play the game with you. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I've always heard, and this might be probably is false. I don't know, but you know, never, if you're around a strange dog, you that obviously like that you're, you didn't mean to be around just kind of walks up and starts acting a little bit aggressive. I mean, is is that a real thing? Like you don't want to look it in the eye or do you? No, no, you okay, don't want to so look at that. That's what the rumor is. I yeah, just don't, don't stare sure. him down. Don't, oh boy, look at you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. smile yeah. real big. Yeah, just real big. Get down there and go, hey, buddy. No, don't do that. Okay, great. Well, we just yeah. wanted clarity. That's right. I don't know. That's right. You never know what's true yeah. out there. You hear? Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the dog that's wanting to be friends. Yes, exactly. Okay. Right. So, so the, hey, see, we, we help the public here. Yeah, that's know? right. That's we see right. a random dog who's great. Don't stare at the yeah. eye. I mean, that's what Mama always used to say, but I didn't know if it was true. I mean, no offense, Ma, I love you, but you know things right. things happen. You know, right. there's a lot of rumors out I there. I will say, <laughs> like I work with um, pet responsibility, and I go into fourth grade classes, and uh, we're that's always cool. talking about how you know the dogs approach and how do you approach. Mm-hmm. Used to be you'd stick your hand out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's encroaching in a dog's right. space, right? right? That's kind of old news. Yeah. Allow the dog to approach you. Mm-hmm. Don't stare it in its eyes and stuff like that. Allow the dog to kind of come up to you, and you'll have a much better experience. Mm-hmm. And then you can let them yeah. smell your hand. Yeah, if they're comfortable yeah. with you. If they back off and go back to their owner, so be it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's fine. That was their comfort zone. Now, do you get down like at their level, or you stay? No, you, you just, stay, just like, stay standing. You up. say things like 
softly or kind of, or what do you? I mean, <laughs> I mean just a, like a random, creepy. the random dog. Creepy. Can whisper <laughs> sweet nothings. Yeah. Hey, little buddy. Hey, little, you know, hi, little buddy. You know that they they get that they get kind of creeped out on that too. Yeah. So then they step back and growl if that dog like does a little bit of that, uh-huh. and it really you caused it. And then people are like, oh, stupid dog oh, or whatever, no, you know. And that's no. not the case, man. Yeah, you know. So true. it's it's not. Uh, it was kind of set up from the beginning from the person of like coming up real slow hand in its face mm. hey hey puppy hey puppy and then that's not even normal and then starting yeah. to creep yeah, lower and, and yeah. lower, and lower. Yeah. you're like and the dog's like <gasps> right oh, no. right oh no, right. no please People, you're telling and, me everything i've been doing my whole life is wrong <laughs> <laughs> well things evolve you know? well, yeah, it, right? yeah and it seems a natural i everybody seems to do it because <laughs> yeah. when you want to get close to a dog you're going to approach them. You're going to start to talk to them yeah. like sweetly. And then you're going to start to get lower and lower. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, right. And you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, yeah. What is and wrong you, with you? And you caused all of <laughs> right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I think that's, that's important. To, I mean, to understand, I think that's a great reason why we have you on uh, to kind of help us, us understand, you know, what dogs might actually think. I know you're not like necessarily the, the dog whisperer. No. But you're probably closer than anybody that well, I know. That's closer than I mean, I've worked true. really hard at it. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are some great, great trainers in the area and stuff too. I mean, mm-hmm. you you know, I wanted to simply come on to here because I know you, Tony, and you yeah. know you're a great guy. And oh, and um, you know, first time I ever met Tony was you know playing out there in front of Drum and Quill and mm-hmm. you know and stuff. And uh, that's you know really good dude. And then uh, I wanted to get on here and talk dogs, yeah, because we just yeah. don't get enough of that in our Absolutely. community. Absolutely, you know? right. And Moore County is an incredible place for dogs. I mean, everybody has a dog, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, yeah. so. You know, there's a lot of really cool people around here. So yeah, absolutely. Do you work with uh, and you know uh, any organizations? Like Caring Heart for Care Canines is one. I mean, do you yeah, happen to work with one. any of those? I have a around? relationship with them. I don't work with them particularly. Gotcha. But you know, if they needed me for anything, you know, they know they can reach out. Sure. You know, at any time. Yeah. Uh, they may use some trainers in the area or something like that as well. I don't know. Okay. I don't do a lot of in-home <laughs> stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Where really I don't do any in-home i do some individual type stuff in, in like a board and train scenario but mm-hmm. uh it just seems like my niche has been a little bit more difficult talk yeah so that seems to be what's kind of coming my way so well that's awesome and what does it look like what is a typical training session or say if i get a new dog i lost my dog last year um Sorry, man. but if i were to and wanted to train get you to um work with you what would that look like for somebody yeah, for somebody that calls up, I generally do like a free evaluation type thing. And then um, we kind of go over. I don't take a lot of puppies in because I, I, I truly believe like a lot of this stuff can be um, it's the owner relationship that has to happen. And at the beginning, so I do a lot of guidance. So I don't take a lot of people's money, I should say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I just guide a lot of people. I mean, this is this. I will be honest with you. The approach that I take is that I don't have like, I mean, my place is only lend to me because I, I do believe in a higher creator. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I truly try to help people. And when people come to my place, um, you know, they should know that I, um, I really have a weight on my shoulders when it comes to helping people. So I, I, I see that sometimes people are struggling and that is projected onto their am, animal too. Mm-hmm. So the animal is, is a byproduct of maybe someone's struggle. And so if I can help all of that, then I've really hit the nail on the head for me. Mm-hmm. So um, when you bring me your animal, it's it's not only just me training your animal, it's also me trying to help you um, 
kind of guide you through the troubles that you're having with it, which may ultimately, you know, it could have a direct relate, you know, relationship on anything else that may be going on in life. You never know. But I think our animals play such an important role on who we are and our experiences and our lifetime at the moment that it, you know, it, that it can certainly be a big part of that. So the, the, the approach that I do sometimes take is that, um, it's just a bigger picture approach. Right. So I get a little bit more of a difficult dog and it seems to be that that's been my niche in this community so far Wow, is that, you know, cause it's a lot of life, uh, life stuff that's going on. Okay. The, the, uh, the young family that comes in the door mm-hmm. wife is, Oh my gosh, Neil, I just can't, you know, well, she's got two toddlers mm-hmm. and an eight year old <laughs> right. and a puppy. I mean, what's going on? You know, right. there's a much bigger life scenario than it is just the puppy. So if you came in, Okay, to answer your question, you came in. I'm not going to put you on a puppy program. Right. We're going to talk about what's going on in the rest yeah, of why, the, why this is happening versus just putting you in a puppy program. That's right. awesome. Yeah. You know, I think so, that's a very admirable approach to yeah. take. I mean, that is, and I guess when I said earlier, people might misunderstand, or I think what I was getting at is that holistic view of, of life and of relationships with dogs. And we talk about relationships a lot um, because. You know, that's really what gives us life. You know, that's what makes life more than just living day to day is the relationships that we have and and the life that we live around those relationships or the relation. I don't know. You know, I'm still maybe trying to figure yeah. out in my mind this morning. I'm a bit slow. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that taking that approach and understanding that when you approach a dog on the street, it's not just you and that dog, it's you and the dog and your um, body language and their life, the dog's yeah, experiences exactly. before they met you. Yeah. All of that's coming into All play. All that's coming into play. Mm-hmm. And you're a part of that scenario for that dog at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, and you're just snapshot. another person that they meet. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, in that case, you know, then we try to bring these dogs in. So we take that a step further and we say, well, we're going to bring this dog in because we really feel for this dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah. yeah. And if your spot in life isn't somewhat taken care of, right, and you're confident in kind of what you're doing, how are you going to be a leader to that dog? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so then they show up on your doorstep. They meaning, I mean, my clients and humans and stuff yeah, on your uh, doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, mm. and then they show up saying, help me, mm-hmm. which I'm most happy to do. But I also kind of know where we're starting from. Mm-hmm. And we're starting from, hey, I rescued this dog. And then this is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's never the same. It's not always the same. But there are some outliers that are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't know the, you know, this dog's acting this way or skittish or, you know, all these things that if you can't provide good leadership to that dog, because you both can't be coming together looking for each other's leadership. That's mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to say it. You yeah. know, so, you know, you can't be looking at each other for leadership. One of you has to be the leader and the dog will ultimately take that role if you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just like a little toddler might take yeah. that role. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wait, your kids aren't the boss of you? <laughs> Wait, all I hear is no all the time. I don't yeah. know what it is. But no, um, no, but that's, it's always interesting. Your like, dog can talk? Yes, he can. I can hear him. I don't know if he's really talking, but maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But uh, um, no, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, this is a real thing. I swear it's a real thing. Every dog's, almost every dog's owner you see, if you get to know that person, like my friends and family, like when their dogs 
are like the spitting image of them, man. They're like little, they're like mini, like your uncle, you know? Right. <laughs> like if you had, if you had PJs on Sunday and, you know, smoke a cigarette and walk, you know, watch football, I think that's what the dog's going to do too, you know? Be, right. It's just crazy, man. Yeah. Is that, He's going to like Doritos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, do you think that's a real thing, man? Because I, I swear I've seen so much personality. I mean, they kind of adopt a little bit of your personality, right? I think so. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and let, we can go back to kind of what we think that is. It's just lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it's a lifestyle that shapes that dog. You're shaping that dog all the time. So everything that you're doing is free shaping an animal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let's go for a ride. You know, everybody says, let's go for a ride. Well, then and then they go, oh, my God, the dog's crazy when I get there. Well, yeah, you started it right there. Let's go for a ride. I mean, why not just grab the dog and just walk outside nice and calmly? You'll have a dog that walks out nice and calmly. But, or, or, you know, let's go outside. You want to go potty? You want to go potty? Squirrel. Like, yeah, squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And they're jumping on your door. It's like, well, he's tearing up my door. Well, yeah. You actually, you said, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and then you the were ready. Yeah. And then the dog is like, Whoosh. Right? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. We used to have uh, our, our one of our rescues, Jojo, uh, when she was younger. And she she was Australian Shepherd mix. And she uh, we, we, she'd get outside and we'd say, squirrel. And she'd go, she'd yeah. just look, you know, everywhere. Like, she's, there was a squirrel somewhere. You know, it was just hilarious, man. But she's, she was, a, see, that was a smart dog. I mean, you know, they're all, they all have different levels, I'm sure, yeah, you know, the, of, of intelligence. But, um uh, generally speaking, I mean, our, I've heard Australian shepherds are fairly smart, yeah, right? I mean, uh-huh. they're by generality, yeah, yeah, by generality, yeah. So, I mean, this this one, she was very protective and of uh-huh. my wife. Like when I first met her, you know, the first time she slept, you know, over at my house, you know, she she was like, "I'm bringing my dog." She's because if I didn't if I didn't get along with her dog, it was it was no for me, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just in my own apartment, you know, and, and we're laying in bed, and and JoJo. Is, is looking at me <laughs> at the foot of the bed. Jojo. Yeah. At the yeah. Foot. It's such a sweet name, right? No, hey, hey, she she was in my pack by the time she passed away. But uh-huh. but at the very beginning, she was very much testing my nerves, uh-huh. man. She was sitting at the foot of the bed when I, I just inched a little closer to, to my wife and she was like, staring uh-huh. at me from the foot of the bed. And I was like, man, this ain't going to work out. Yeah. You know, like, no, yeah. no. But then you say she was in your pack. I think by the time she passed, you were in her herd. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She, she was the leader for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but she, uh, you know, but I, I, I swear I went to bed that night think I was asking my wife, Michelle, I was like, is she going to eat me in my sleep? Like, straight up. Is she going to? She's like, no, she won't. She's like, okay. The right. dog wanted to see if you were going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Another right. time, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like testing you out. Yeah. So uh, I thought that she was just a level of intelligence there, you know, too. Just you could tell she was a really smart dog. And, uh, you know, it's just really, I mean, they're, they're human companions, man. They're really mm-hmm. great. You know, I don't know. I couldn't imagine life without a dog in my life, you know? So, yeah. And that's the pet side. You yeah. think that, you know, think about the working dog side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those dogs you know, provide, you know, soldiers, uh, you know, and then you've got hunters, different things like that, a whole different level of that bonding. Yeah. Life saving you know? too. Yeah. Life saving yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, you've got the, uh, what were the ones that human cadaver dogs and, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, all of this kind of stuff out there. So they also provide like a really great option for us humans to, to kind of rely on and say, Hey, help me out here. You know, and that's a, I, I don't think about it often enough or maybe, but that's a long-standing relationship between humans and canines is that sort of yeah. working relationship. I feel, and I'm probably wrong, but I imagine that that was one of the things that started a relationship between dogs and humans is the need, the use, the usefulness that a dog could provide. I think provide. so. Yeah, because we always kind of, well, we... I there mean, are stories. Yeah, there are stories. There yeah, are stories. exactly. So it's like, oh, the Labrador Retriever is 
you know, a mix between a Newfoundland and this and that. And the Newfoundland would go out and, you know, do something for the sea guys, you know, I mean, it was a big swimmer. I don't know exactly what their function was. And then you've got the, the St. Bernard that would go up into the mountains and deliver messages. And so they were doing useful things, mm-hmm. you know, just our cultures now turned them into pets. And then we take human projection and we project onto them and, right. you know, and stuff. And, and we make them sometimes a little bit more than our pet. And then it ends up being um, out of balance. I tell people all the time, like, you're out of balance. Mm-hmm. You got all this nurturing going on, but mm-hmm. no leadership, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you're looking for leadership too. <clears throat> like I'd mentioned before, that's a lot of what people come in. Like, how out of balance are you going to get before life becomes a little bit difficult at home? And then we got to kind of bring you back in balance. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's dog training. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's life. You got to keep it simple. You got to keep the dog training simple. Otherwise, you're going to muddy up the whole thing. You know, you can get all this philosophy and science and all this stuff. But really what you're looking for is the end result and how do I get there in a humanely fashion mm-hmm. and in a way that's positive at the end. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you I know? mean, you mentioned yeah. it earlier before we were recording, but consistency. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can, at least this way I think about it, I haven't, I've never had a puppy. Um, but when I had, you know, even from the beginning, what I recognize, and I think this is why I said people misunderstand dog training, is because it, it, it doesn't need to be complicated as long as you do the same things consistently. Mm-hmm. As long as each scenario that you're talking, and I'm, you know, taking. You're stealing your thunder, maybe, but (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought as long as you arrange whatever action you're, you know, trying to achieve, what you're trying to see from the dog, whatever action, as long as you frame it the same way each time, they'll learn that this means that cause and effect very, very simply. Well, the dog that I was working with prior to coming here this morning, okay, is a little, uh, you know, doodle type mix. His name is Murphy. Smart dog, fun dog, but then has some issues with, you know, kind of making up his mind a little bit. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to do that because he's always had an escape route. He always, he lives on 10 acres. He gets to run around whatever he wants to do. <laughs> so he always, he, he's always looking for the escape. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have him on a leash this morning and I ask him to sit down. Well, he goes up on his back legs. And just sits there. <laughs> like just sits there. Front feet are starting to dangle and wiggle a little bit. He's just in a sit on the front. Now, do I? does that look like a sit to you and I? <laughs> I mean, that's not a typical dog sit, right? right? But at that moment, as a trainer, I have to realize his butt is on the ground. Okay? His feet are in the air. But that's not something that I'm not asking him to do. He simply just stopped doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So so as his feet go back down and he's in a sit, what you and I would consider to be a sit, that response, right? The point is, is that in the details there is that A, you you know, dogs are all different. He's he is interpreting something maybe a little bit weird in his head, but I'm okay with that for a moment. And then secondly, I mean, he's not in trouble or nothing for doing that because his butt is still on the ground. And when he puts his all feet on the ground, then we stay there for a few more seconds. And that is what I'm trying to shape. 
right? Mm-hmm. I could have simply just moved on or he could have gotten in trouble for that. Like, no, sit down. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm asking you to sit down. But you have to be have more finesse in the moment because all dogs kind of interpret things differently. So as long as, and, and I'm getting back to your consistency, the consistency in that is your butts hit the ground, all four feet are on the ground, and we're not doing anything until we move on from there. Mm-hmm. So you do that each time, then the sit becomes more consistent, mm-hmm. right? Without the sitting up. But there may be a slight bit of confusion in there. And a good trainer needs to understand that a little slight confusion means a gray area. And gray gray isn't great for dogs. You know, mm-hmm. they don't live in the gray very the gray very well. Mm-hmm. So they need that black and white. So the black and white is what I'm working on. A, you stop when I stop. B, you put your butt on the floor. You know, and then that's my responsibility to hold him accountable and be consistent. Mm-hmm. And then that's the leadership point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, you know, I'm just picturing a little uh, doodle on his back leg. I know, shaking me too. I, I wish I had a photo. I mean, I was just sitting there chuckling. I'm like, okay, Murphy. I mean, is this the way you interpret this? I mean, that's okay. It's a weird sit. Yeah, that's a weird sit. But, uh, you know, we're going to roll with this. You, you were not walking off until you're butts on the floor but this is okay <laughs> yeah so. that's awesome. um what is your uh, not that you may you may not have this maybe you may not have a favorite but i mean is there is there a favorite dog or breed or um type that you like to train well i mean so that's a great question and i get that often and what that really the, the answer to that is is that it's not breeds it's temperament Gotcha. Okay. okay. So you want to look at the temperament. Remember I told you about the eye contact? Mm-hmm. That's a dog that I would start off with saying, this is going to be a fun dog. Mm-hmm. The dog that doesn't make eye, t- eye contact, regardless of what breed, I would say, <laughs> I mean, of work. It, if, yeah, if you were to tell me like this Husky's making great eye contact, I'd laugh. Uh, <laughs> right. They're generally it's... looking out el- elsewhere. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, I do like the Belgian Malinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're a sporty, fun, fun breed. Um, you know, the German Shepherd is a very good dog um, and very capable dog, but he's like a Corvette. He's still really fun to drive, mm-hmm. you know, but the Belgian Malinois is a Ferrari. I mean, <laughs> he's just, he can get away from you a little bit, but man, when it comes to workability, is he not fun? Wow. So the Corvette's great to learn on, mm-hmm. you know, and you feel that power and stuff, but then you step into that Belgian Malinois, you don't ever want to go back to the Corvette. You want to drive that Ferrari. Can you describe what a Belgian Malinois? Yeah, a Belgian Malinois. Malinois is like the typical um, police canine that you kind of see today. Okay. Um, so they look a hair. lot like a German Shepherd. That's yeah, why shorter hair with like a fawn, uh, like a the general look would be a fawn uh, color with a black mask, mm-hmm. right? Pointy ears and all. Um, slender, you know, mm-hmm. fast, agile. Uh, then you kind of get into the Dutch Shepherd, which is a brindled. Look mm-hmm. for the for the Belgian Malinois, and then you have the German Shepherd that's in there. Wow. So, um, a, great dogs. Yeah. I never heard of a Dutch Shepherd. Yeah, Dutch Shepherds are uh, very common in today's canine world. Hmm. Um, it's a brindle Belgian Malinois. Okay, what kind of what it looks like? I mean, I have one at home that's that's split between like dad was a Belgian mom was a dutch and so they came out like some of them look like belgians some of them look like dutches they do that in kmpv a lot in england or england uh belgium and stuff hmm. huh. yeah so a, a dutchin <laughs> a belt like a turdurkin speaking of turdurkin well this will be this will air after thanksgiving because it's right. three weeks from now but we're getting all excited about some turkey right yeah, now right. we're only a couple of days away so that's you right. know 
if uh, if you're listening to this, thank you all four of you. Uh, the, <laughs> then I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving and ate lots of food. Don't mm-hmm. worry about gaining weight. They can worry about that January. Get ready first. for Christmas. That's yes. right. That's right. Yeah, eat as much and be happy as you. Do you like. guys have your uh, Christmas stuff up yet? I mean, at home, I do. Okay, well, it started my, yesterday. My wife, yeah, us too. My wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love I Christmas, was, but I was really pushing back on it, but uh, I lost. <laughs> yeah, she, well, that's a good thing. Get she loves to, that, to have Christmas. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm used to it. <laughs> she loves to put Christmas stuff up, and I always grew up on Friday okay. after Thanksgiving. That's when it all happened. Yeah, you know, and so I don't know. Yeah, I always liked that as a, a tradition but yeah. i'm you know I, what i'm very thankful for i i could really care less if you're going to do it you know before thanksgiving or not mm-hmm. what i'm really thankful for is that the um american people are getting into the spirit yeah right and really. and not and not just you know and it's not going away yeah like it's it's you that's know. that's you know that's true it's it's nice that the spirit is i feel like there was a a little bit of a lull maybe there was yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Pandemic and everything, and yeah, even prior before to that, that yeah, yeah, before oh, that, yeah. yeah, and it, it was a lull in like holidays and stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but cyclic- I also nature doing, is cyclical. Yeah, it is, yeah. and and I'm cool with that. But I will say, like, I'm I personally am glad to see you know families you know getting involved in in Christmas you know early and stuff. Yeah. I mean, particularly, you know, I think back. I mean, I've got a twenty one year old, an eighteen year old, an eight year old. Really? So yeah. So okay. I mean, we're still <laughs> deep into the eight year old with Christmas, but mm. twenty one and eighteen is like helping me wrap right. Yeah. I mean, that'll, you know, <laughs> Your present one morning, a hundred dollar yeah. gift card. <laughs> so, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's nice to see young families getting involved in that. When I drive down my street and seeing these young young families that have the toddlers and and young ones and stuff and putting up christmas tree lights it, mm-hmm. it warms the spirit a little bit yeah it does yeah. and we need that so, always you know yeah, like it's, yeah. It, it always is, good to, it's important yeah and and I, I give my wife i love i mean i love christmas too but my wife is like the female clark griswold you know like she <laughs> like this year i mean she won't go like chopping it actually she probably would chop a big old tree down if she could but uh like this year my 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 uh, in-laws have this they have this like eight and a half foot like fake tree this huge tree and uh they were like well here we'll give it to you this year and and let's be real my house is not <laughs> nearly big enough big for enough, that, yeah, that tree but she's like house. so so we're like looking around she's like this was like almost a week ago like we, we need to put our tree up and i'm like okay yeah but so my in-laws gave us the the nine foot tree and i'm like Okay, where are we gonna put this? Our living room is like small. And I'm like, all right, well, let's move the couch this way. Do this over here. She's, I'm like, man, that's not gonna fit over there, you know. So now it's literally like it just. I mean, it's, there's not really a good spot for it. You're gonna have to put the top yeah. on this tree. Yeah. You're gonna, you can't just put. You know how they come in three layers. Yeah, you got to put the top on it. Yeah, no, you right. Know? It can't be just like just a can't, headless can't be, tree. Yeah, it can't be a headless tree. Yeah, or have two floors. You'd be like, look, the top's upstairs. So no, so that's, that's the thing. We live in a we live in a fifteen hundred fifty square foot ranch, and at least that's there's actually. There's, Sounds like our house. Yeah, there's yeah. vaulted ceilings, but you know, vaulted doesn't just start like it's it's in an area where it's starting to vault. You know, it's yeah. not like in the vault. You know, she wanted to she wanted to move all the couches to the side and have the the Christmas tree like as the centerpiece of the living room. I'm like, that would be great if we had room in our living room right. to watch a TV without <laughs> okay. me like breaking my neck. You know, I want to so, watch a game. Yeah, no. Right. So she was I, like, okay, finally, you know, we did it. But I'm not trying to hunt the TV through the bu- <laughs> through the branches. Yeah, no. But 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 ultimately, my point is, I give her a mess about it, but like. I, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad she's that way. You know, I love it. Yeah. She, she, yeah. she really embodies the, the the spirit of of a lot of things with my family and the kids and all that. Yeah, so. seen a lot of uh, young families like that, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think that's great. 
And yeah. it's just nothing better than seeing them smile and just, oh, yeah. Santa Claus, you know, Christmas. I mean, it's just. And then the puppy you know. comes out of the box and all hell breaks loose. The number one, the number yeah, one president Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. A golden retriever. It's going to fit great into the family. <laughs> great. How are we going to take care of this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Call one. Neil. Yeah. yeah right. Hey, didn't yeah. I hear a podcast that yeah. Neil was on? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 we laugh about it, but that is kind of a sad thing because like, a lot of people yeah. just, they don't know that they can't. You know, you know, I get you want to rescue it, and trust me, if, if I if we could rescue every dog that's out there, you know, I mean, yep. and my wife is a fantastic. Uh, her and her sister, um, you know, they've rescued one. Uh, they spent two weeks trying to rescue one off Roseland Road that was there just camping out for a long time, and they finally did, and they helped find a, somebody to adopt it that cares about them, and, and so that, that was that's that's, that's, that's a great, great story. Yeah. Yep, but it is it's very sad because you can't you want to help every single one of them, but you know, if it, you're also if you rescue one and you don't ha- you can't take care of that dog, and then the responsibility ability is back on you you know so i mean i think that's a big thing 100%. don't give a dog to somebody who can't you know can't physically or whatever financially take care and of the i dog. do believe the you know the local organizations that help you know facilitate some of this do um their due diligence i believe mm-hmm. quite a bit i on, think so on they do. on uh, uh on trying to find good homes mm-hmm. absolutely you know? so yeah which is super important but the, all the feedback that i get is that um the organizations do quite a you know, quite a bit of that work yeah. and do a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an underground, you know, organizational piece around here that, you know, for all these dogs and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, they do yeah. a great job. So. Yeah. Compared to a lot of other places that might be more rural and, and just not the resources, you know, we, we right. I mean, more County, I feel like does a good job with, with the strays and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's a dog and family um, atmosphere in Moore County that we're very thankful for. Yeah. You know? oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, it's just it's huge. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, is there anything else? Uh, and well, I know that uh, being that we do have a lot of military um, veterans on and former military, retired veterans, all that stuff. (laughs) Former Um, retired. uh, And we brought brought them out. Did his his time. (laughs) I did did what I felt like I wanted to do, you know? I mean, I, I I definitely wanted to serve my country, and that's Absolutely. what I did. And and I'm the only person in my family that has done that oh. in my immediate family. But um, I had an innate drive uh, when I got done with respiratory therapy school and stuff, and and uh, I wanted to go into the military. I wanted to to do that. That was something that was important to me. I did it. Um, you know, I look at I have created a you know I've got a bunch of friends in this area now that do it at a much higher level, and uh, it's just incredible people here, mm-hmm. incredible people in Moore County, many and, leaders, um, many leaders, yes. and incredible men and women. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, certainly thankful for all of them. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're thankful for you. Yeah. So. Respiratory therapy. Mm-hmm. I was a respiratory therapist before I got into dogs. So, I mean, if you guys want to go back in my yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, let's and, do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your that's life. Kind of why, that's kind of where I was headed. So Yeah, so I was a respiratory therapist uh, and worked weekend option. And I, uh, so you work 24, get paid, well, was it, yeah, paid tw- for 36. So you'd I'd work Saturday and Sunday, get three weekends off a year if I wanted. But through the week, I would train dogs in my backyard, okay? And uh, it just, because I grew up in a hunting scenario with my dad we'd go out with hounds all the time mm-hmm. so we'd run we'd hunt beagles and we never really would shoot anything which mm-hmm. i always thought you know when it didn't take a lot of guns but my dad was really into the dogs telling a story mm-hmm. so this is kind of probably where it all goes back for me because i um was 
my dad would say, listen to the dogs. You know, they're, they're telling a story as they're running the rabbit. So mm-hmm. to give you an idea, like if you've never rabbit hunted, you know, you, you turn the dogs loose, they jump a rabbit. If you'll stand there, the rabbit comes back, right? The rabbits run circles. Hmm. So huh. if you'll stand there, that, that dogs will bring the rabbit back. And then at that moment, if you're into, you know, hunting or shooting or whatever, mm-hmm. then you would, then you could take the rabbit at that moment and the dogs bring it back. Mm-hmm. But we would always just listen to the story because there would be a loss in there. And my dad would be like, you know, we'd have three dogs and he'd be like, all right, oh man, Charlie's really getting it today. You know, my God, <laughs> he's, he's really at it. And then all of a sudden, you know, hope. It's quiet for a second, and then, oh, Josie comes out. Man, she whooped Charlie's butt there, didn't she? Man, listen. And so we would have a commentation, you know, commentary listening to these dogs run. So then that took us into competitions and everything. So then at 14, I kind of become a judge for field trial stuff for beagles and everything. We ultimately ended up winning the world championships three times. Wow. So, yeah. So we had um, 13-inch beagles. There's a 13 and a 15 size. Um, Ah. And that takes me back to, like, learning. Learning dog behavior because you know trainers need to be able to read dog behavior right mm-hmm. and to kind of put that into words so that the their human the dog's parent can kind of you know and digest that and understand it yeah mm-hmm. i appreciate so, the care you take with your words I yeah. Noticed that. yeah so um but so then it becomes like uh so then we won that and then i started like really getting into waterfowl hunting right so then i started learning to train some waterfowl dogs and on my own and reading a lot of videos and i'd sit in front of the tv just like oh my gosh you know eating cheese it's you know or whatever <laughs> just like soaking it all in and as you know I'm working as a respiratory therapist on the weekends as well and then um i was i lived next to this uh in springfield missouri is i lived on this street and it was like you know, house to house to house, probably about, you know, 15, 20 feet in between houses. And I can't imagine what my neighbors were like. I ended up creating this 10 dog kennel in my backyard. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I can't imagine. And uh, so I live next to this uh, big cemetery and have big open fields that the plots haven't been quite developed in. Mm -hmm. And 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 these guys would always like go out there and say, Hey man, I love watching you mark your dogs and everything. So I've, I've always found like these little spots in the community that I'd be able to go out and work my dogs and stuff Mm -hmm. so i did that and i would daydream and daydream about being a professional trainer and working with these retriever guys and all the big names that are in the sport you know i would be you know uh just everybody mike lardy's and different stuff that are incredible trainers out there i mean uh and i would just daydream and daydream and then um so i sold a dog to a guy dan mueller that just passed away last week from cancer man dan you're you're the man i I appreciate you so much Mm -hmm. but um so uh dan in introduced me to the Bush family. Um, I'd sold him a dog. He says, man, this thing is gun shy. I said, what do you mean gun shy? I said, I shot over this dog many times. Ended up, the dog did not uh, work well as a team with him. So then I brought the dog back and the dog was okay, but had some hiccups and stuff. So I gave him another puppy and then Adolphus um, Bush invited me up to St. Louis where Dan was part of his duck club. I'm like, Wait, the wow. Bush Yeah, the Bush family in St. Louis. Yeah, oh, Anheuser wow. Bush. So they invited me up there and I go up there and I'm like, you know, kind of shaking in the boots a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, here's this guy that, you know, his family has had it's like, like an empire. Know, yeah. 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 empire. Yeah. This guy's a billionaire, you know, and he's got his guys with him and stuff. And they're all looking at me like, who's this new guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the protectors of the clan. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh. And I'm probably I would say I'm maybe 23, 24 at the moment. <laughs> nah, maybe maybe 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And. <clears throat> 
So I'm sitting there trying to figure all this out and everything. And I get, I have this yellow lab by the name of Molly and she's sitting there next to me and I say back, you know, and she runs out there and picks up the bird. He says, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take her to kind of cut the story short there. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take her. I said, okay. So I sold her for 3,500 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. for me at that moment, all the work I'd put into this dog and everything was a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of money for a dog, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so he cuts me a check and from there on, like, I mean, Three weeks ago, he just flew me out to St. Louis where I um, did a, uh, we had a puppy in an auction for their, it's called Great Rivers Habitat Alliance and and Ducks Unlimited. <clears throat> and he purchased a puppy for that. Now, I know puppy auction, you know, puppies that go in an auction and stuff, but I will tell you the family that purchased this puppy is incredible, right? I mean, beautiful place, big duck facility. They'll have the dog trained and everything. I'm not a hundred percent percent sold on puppies in an auction so i get a kind of little little bit leery about that i can imagine um, though a ducks unlimited sponsored auction has people there who are very involved in hunting with dogs and yes. so they they have a place for that dog and they'll treat yes. that dog yes. with care yes and i and i certainly wouldn't want to be a part of anything else i mean yeah. I, you know but i'm saying like so um adolphus flies me out there i get this puppy that has a lineage that i have trained okay because i've trained all of adolphus bush's dogs at at anheuser bush now to this point i've been friends with him for 15 years wow. mm-hmm. so i mean all the dogs mika you know loco uh uh, PJ, um, all these dogs that are sitting there right now, I've trained all of them. In fact, we just did like a skin, uh, we did some skin scrapings and stuff like that, sent it down to a lab where we may potentially, you know, clone hmm. a couple of the dogs. Interesting. Um, so they're starting to do that. They've been doing that with polo horses for years. Really? But yeah, animals like <clears throat> dogs and stuff. Now, wow. I will say though, with that being the case, um, you know, dogs uh, are you know, nature versus nurture, right? I mean, hmm. it's all experiences too. So you can kind of get the phenotype or the, you know, the characteristics of the dog, but maybe not the same personality. Right. The physical characteristics, yeah, the certainly. Physical. Yeah. But not necessarily. I think, you know, this is a whole <laughs> other conversation, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think yeah. there's a lot that we don't understand in the early development of the brain and that would lend to different personalities. 100%. You know, that's something that we just can't. <clears throat> have no idea about you. And I don't have any knowledge on that. Right. <laughs> and my knowledge Tell us is the secret of the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. So cloning. Yeah. So <laughs> what's your take on cloning? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so then, you know, um, we, we just went up there and, uh, and so there were two puppies in this auction, which was kind of an interesting story. Uh, it just kind of goes to, uh, so there was a puppy in there, a yellow puppy that, you know, went in the auction. Uh, and Adolphus ends up behind the yellow puppy. Not even my puppy. He ends up behind the yellow puppy. And at the end of it, he says, um, hey, Neil, you're gonna, I'm going to be flying this one back to Carolina, and I want you to train it. And I said, well, I mean, what do you say at that point? Nah, right. Adolphus. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, Adolphus. No, I get it done. But, uh, but then the other puppy, I thought, man, okay. So that one went for like $3,500, you know, and I thought... I mean, these are expensive puppies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get up on stage and I'm like, you know, I wanted, I wanted to do something a little bit different with mine. So I went up there and I had been taking it outside and I'd realized that the people that had raised the puppy and stuff had obviously done some treat work because I'd raise my hand up and the sucker would sit. Boom. <laughs> I thought, well, okay. I mean, there's no treat or nothing, but mm-hmm. it's all in the motion, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, even for people that are treat training, I tell them to kind of take their words out of it because words are for people sit, watch my dogs. Hey, he's hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a parlor trick, <laughs> but if you raise your hand up, they even get in tune with like the motions of you. So then they'll just perform the behavior. 
Mm. So anyway, so what we do is, is that um, I get up on stage. I realize that and the girl actually brought some treats that had the litter and stuff. So then I get up on the, I get up on the stage and I do like some crate or some crate stuff. And then I show the people how the dogs learned and everything. So then the dog ends up going for like 6,500 bucks oh, wow. <laughs> for this puppy and stuff. And the people that come up to me, I said, listen, I would love to train your dog, you know, cause I do want it to make sure that it gets what it deserves and everything. Mm. They said, well, we have a trainer that's up there in, um, in St. Louis that we'll use. And I said, well, I'm out in North Carolina if you want to. And he goes, I might do that. He goes, I have a plane. I'll just fly it out there. Sure. Yeah, go right. Well, what I like about it too is, I mean, I feel like you just named over a 15 year period, you just named probably every dog that you trained for Adolphus. And that's what I like about it. I mean, you, you, it seems like they hold a little bit of place in your heart, right? Oh, I mean, 100%. You know, yeah, they're, they all it's not just a commodity or nope. a thing you buy and sell. And, you know, and, and certainly, as you mentioned, it's, uh, you know, it, Adolphus Bush, I'm sure, has the resources and the and Ducks Unlimited and all that to have, yeah. you know, to treat those dogs fairly and well. And I think that's that's important. You know, Well, I just found a home for a whole litter, too, mm-hmm. um, for a uh, – it's called Duo Dogs in St. Louis. Um, it's for PTSD. Oh, wow. And they, and they purchased the whole litter. Now, these dogs get ba- bathed every day. Mm-hmm. They're on such a schedule. Like, they wake up, they get playtime, they get bathed, they eat – they, you know, they, they, they take another nap and then they're placed with all these PTSD people. That's awesome. So, I mean, not only that, but I'm trying to like do the best by this community that I possibly can, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not all about making money, man. Yeah. I mean, right. it, it, it's something that I have a desire for mm-hmm. and it shows. And this story that I'm building is incredible to me because I never thought I would be here. And I think that goes along with like even uh Hatchet Brewing guy. You know, I mean, he didn't know where he was like, you know, heading uh, McKenzie Mills and you guys out in Nashville and stuff. You mm-hmm. got to go try yeah. and you got to go do it, mm-hmm. but you don't know where the, where it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think that, uh, and we, I'm sure we've mentioned it, but you clearly have had a passion that you've followed Yes, and you've, you've went for it and you tried and, you know, like you say, you got to try, but I think it's also important to think about what you care about you know what is important to you as an individual to me and try and either follow that if you're able or if you're not able at the time try and incorporate it into what you do now that's uh, that's can be a little bit harder but yeah um there are ways if Mm -hmm. you just think about what you love and try and I don't bring that into what you do. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I am making some money, you know, well, mean, well, through, through what I'm doing. But I will tell you this, as as this business grows and everything, I have been shown the humility side of it. Like, I will never allow myself to ever get to a point to where whenever I was in my backyard training again, right, I will, I always want to be that guy. Hmm. I want to be the guy that's in my backyard training. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy that never forgets that guy Absolutely. You know, that dreams and, and, and it's not about dreaming bigger and becoming popular or, um, you know, like getting bigger in business and stuff. It's about growing that individual inside, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the same approach that you take on the dog. The dog comes to you with no confidence. How are you going to build that confidence? Well, you're doing that for yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. It's your self-talk. It's the way that you act. It's your body language. You know, all these things, you got to start reading that in that dog to start seeing that confidence. So, you know, 
we use a lot of treats in shaping behavior, but why not back off the treats a little bit and get back to touch, get back to voice, get back to eye contact. Those are real human communications. But for the communication for the animal is food, and I know that's an innate drive, but they're looking for other things too. And that's going to be touch. That's going to be your voice. It's going to be a combination of that stuff. We tend to forget that because of so many, we, we put people and there's nothing wrong with puppy classes. Let me tell you that there's, I will make that statement, but I will say is that we overuse, overuse the food and we forget about all the touch and the, and, and the vocal and all that stuff. Cause when you leave, you know, it's about that relationship. And ultimately what happens for puppies are is that the relationship becomes more about the food than the person. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so if we truly want to talk about relationships and how you and I build relationship, it's eye contact, it's emotion, it's, you know, is this guy friendly or not friendly? All those things that you're feeling, that animal feels the same way. Mm -hmm. You can convince him with food, but is it meaningful? No, I think, um, you know, that it's important that to keep that not just like, hey, you're not just teaching the dog to just follow blindly. I mean, you're, you're, there's an, a relationship, there's an attachment yeah. and you also are helping those owners who are, you're trying to show them how to have that attachment Correct. so that they have the tools to be able to really do it on their own when they step out of your, you know, Correct. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So you want them important. to develop that. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And I think, yeah, taking that further to your puppy class, uh-huh. they're great, but it's not just a puppy class and then they're a good dog mm-hmm. and then you can treat them however you know that ongoing treatment that ongoing relationship will continue to shape the way that they act just like anybody if you are friends with somebody and then you start to treat them like a piece of garbage well you yeah, can't expect no them to friends. yeah yeah but i don't think it's implied by these puppy classes that they are the end all be all right you i don't know, think I, so yeah, either I but i think, think so. some people have an expectation that yeah i'm busy I would love to have a dog. Oh, let me get a puppy and take it to this puppy class. And I agree. And I'll be There's great. a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. But that's just the beginning. Right. You know, you're teaching a puppy how to learn in those classes. You're not really holding accountable to any behavior or proofing a lot of behavior. That's a great point. Uh, those so. are good things to learn. Teach them to learn. How to learn. Learn how to mm-hmm. learn. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then from, uh, you know, uh, uh, then I then I, I come out to K two Solutions after ha- having been a part of you know the Bush family type stuff and and doing that and being a respiratory therapist on the weekends and, and all and so I came out here and I got I had hernia surgery and stuff and I did an interview for K two on on those on that same day so you can have you guys ever had Yikes. surgery before uh, luckily no. luckily only when i was like three from dude i mean I console like, surgery i mean i was but, feeling no pain uh, <laughs> I, mean, was like, I was I doing train that. your dog and, yeah <laughs> and then there and then i'm i went outside and i remember telling Lori, i was like hey listen um i just took the job at k2 i'm leaving in february and, and i mean i'm isaac high you know from being in surgery all, all day from this hernia surgery and stuff so um ultimately i came out to k2 great decision i really kind of beat myself up over that a little bit like leaving a 12 year job at the hospital right and doing all of that to jumping and following that dream and that's what i did i mean i literally had that was a split moment for me that was like do i stay comfortable Mm-hmm. In a job, you know, in the medical field that you can find anywhere, or do I take this leap and go for it? 
And that was probably the best decision for me. So then I, I, I took the leap, worked at K2 for seven years, met some incredible people, um, great trainers from all over the world and stuff. I mean, really shaped a, a lot of different things that I've done. Um, and then I ultimately left K2, ended up purchasing Seven Lakes Kennels, where there I just, um, you know, the, the approach that we take is, you know, cleanliness, great care, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and my passion, you know, shines through. And so we're doing well, um, but, uh, you know, for our community, and that's what's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, so go ahead. When did you do your service time and all that? Oh, I did in eight years in the between 2000 and 2008. Okay. Yeah. And then I become a reservist. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, that's what uh, is exciting. I think the, the common denominator in a lot of these uh, shows and podcasts we've been doing is exactly what we want to do is to encourage other people who want to follow their dreams or do things and, and, mm. and yeah. kind of, you know, hearing stories like yours and, and several that we've had on, I mean, I think it really inspires people and motivates them. And, and we, it, you know, if they can, we can all listen and, and learn a little thing or two about this. And I think for me, <clears throat> I explained it with McKenzie's Mill, you know, uh, I was the shy guy. I mean, I I knew I could play guitar when I was in high school, but as far as playing guitar in front of people, it's a different story, you know. So, but in high school, you're still kind of young and naive enough for like, okay, cool, we'll do this. And then, um, but after I got I, in college, when I was by myself, really without, I didn't know a ton of people there. I didn't play music much. I didn't do a lot of things. That was my passion. I would play with a couple of people that I trusted and knew, right. but I wouldn't play in public a lot because it was just a scary thing, you know. Sure. But then I left college and came back home, and my and Ryan and Justin Harris of McKenzie's Mill came back home. And we're family you know friends and and justin was just like he was the leader you know he was like he was a little bit older than us he's like look i just started playing guitar you know two years ago <laughs> we're going to nashville i'm like wait, wait what no he's like but tony you're coming with because you've been playing a long time yeah. it's like all right cool whatever you know so he he initially motivated me to do that he was that first leader for me to start stepping out of my shell a little bit, you right. know, and and then fast forward, you know, Nashville, I was still kind of that shy dude. I didn't sing at all. I was just the the guy playing, one of the guys playing the guitar, you know. But that whole Nashville experience of playing in that place, you know, you learn pretty quick. You better fake it till you make it because right. if you don't, you're you're just right. like a shy, you know, deer in headlights up in Nashville. So everybody's judging you there when you're playing music. You know, oh, this guy's <laughs> right. not that great. It's like Stevie Ron, Stevie Ray Vaughan playing. They're like, oh, this guy sucks. You know, like whatever. Right. But anyway, long story. I went off on a tangent, but long story short, like he was, you needed that initial push and that n- initial guidance to say, Hey, you know, I, I can step out of my shell. I got a little bit of confidence yeah. and then I built it, you know, after I left, you know, I was like, I can do this. I can do this thing on my own. I think I've learned enough and I did it. And once you taste that little bit of confidence, you, you then, you know, at that point, there's, it's an aha moment that, you know, you know, if you keep doing this in your life of the things that mean something to you yep. and just keep working hard and working hard on your name and being a good person and, and supporting the community, yep. you can build it to whatever level you want. And that's the thing of this podcast. I mean, I never thought I'd do a podcast. I always think, thought, man, that'd be fun to do. <laughs> And now Frank gave me this ridiculous opportunity to do it. You know, I don't know why, but you know, it's fantastic. We get to talk. Yeah, I wanted to do this podcast. I mean, listen to your intro. I mean, the intro says it all, right? I mean, you're just you, you want to do things for the community, and you do a lot, Tony, and that's great. And I want to be a part of that. So I thought maybe getting on this podcast would Thank would you. not not. It's not promoting me. It's about no. being part of the community, yeah. and that's what I really want. You know, myself and Seven Lakes Kennels and all that stuff to be right. I mean, there are some wonderful boarding facilities and stuff in Moore County. There's 
no way to deny that. I mean, they, they've done a great job and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're, we're one of them. And, you know, and I want to be a part of that. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. be a part of this community is important to me. But, uh, yeah, I'm not here to to, to pat myself. I'm, I'm just here really to say, you know, thanks for all you guys are doing. Thanks for what, you know, the, the show that you're doing. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are doing a good job. So, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That yeah, means a lot. Yeah. Both of us, I'm sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you're here because of your enthusiasm and your that's right. willingness. You know, you <laughs> yeah. you you decided to try it, yeah. and that's and good. here we are. And and I've fallen in love with it, and I, I love it. And and I think Frank and I, I was telling like we first met, like, hey, you want to? Do, I was like, hey, can I do a podcast? He's like, yeah, yeah, do a what, podcast. What, what, what's your name on. again? <laughs> like, okay, sure. And then the first one, it was like. Yeah, this Frank guy, he's all right, man. Right. He's, he's we, good. He's I good think cat. We can do this. Yeah, right. we, we have a good little banter back and forth every now and then, you know. So it's like, yeah. you know, it just came natural. It's like we're bros now, man. Yeah, we're yeah. just bros. It should be. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I think that's the whole thing about what I why I wanted to do it. It's not. It's not really about promoting ourselves, although it helps. Mm-hmm. It's I, I. I have a passion, and you being, you, uh, if you don't mind me saying, you were sergeant in the military, yep. right? So, yep. I mean, you're a leader, you know, and leaders know that. You don't just delegate. You don't just say, you go do this. Like, you, you mm-hmm. want to be a part of that community Correct. so they respect you yep. and that they'll follow you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you also just want to give back to the community. And that's you exactly what You have to get in the grind, man. Yeah. You have to get down in the dirty with them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing a leader that, you know, that you're watching that's up there with a clipboard mm-hmm. saying, do this and do that while everybody's grinding. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. got to get in there with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little bit and, of and also, and, Yeah. And also leading, you know, like you say, it's not just about delegating creating an opportunity for people to move ahead themselves, you know, move up, move ahead, move, build themselves out, you know, grow on their own. But as a leader, you're there to maybe help when there's a stumbling block or, you know, give them a guide, a guiding light or a point to aim for that when maybe they don't have one. And then as they get down the road, maybe they can say, all right, well, actually, that point is not where I find myself really wanting to be. But if we look over here, there's another point down the way that I'd like to go after. And then they become their own leader, maybe. Yeah, that's a, it's hard to do. It's, yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's very tough to recognize people's skills and then put them in those places for them to grow and stuff without, you know, really having those conversations with them, mm-hmm. just kind of knowing and taking that responsibility on yourself and saying, this person has a real skill for this. I'm going to put them, you know, whatever that might be in your business, you know, right. and, and that helps them. And I try to keep that in mind, you know, quite a bit, but there, um, there's, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough thing to do because the, you know, the unwillingness of some other people may be there, you know, you might have everything sure. at heart, but, mm-hmm. um, I certainly try to keep some of that. I mean, I've got some great staff, um, mm-hmm. some, some really good, um, ladies there currently we don't have any guys in the back but um you know yeah but maybe one day maybe one day yeah Yeah, so i mean Mm -hmm. there you go you know as long as they are deliberate and care (laughs) that's right right. well you got to be nurturing (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean our animals come in very happy and leave happy that's That's what we're proud about that's right so you know people tell us all the time that their dog couldn't wait to get through the door so, you know, that's important. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wouldn't have any tolerance for anything else. That's right. right. So. And that's what I, I respect that a lot because, you know, my wife is very, she, she's, I mean, she loves, she loves, an, and I love animals too, but, you know, she's on a little bit of a different level and that's okay, you know, but uh, I like the fact that, you know, you, you, you do your business, but you also care about the animals and you, and your goal is to make sure that the animal 
you know, grows and, and yep. has confidence and, and yep. you know, you're not just leaving it to somebody who's just going to treat the animal badly. Like all those things are, that's what I would want. I would want in a kennel if I was going to go sure. to get your business, you know? I mean, yeah. cause I care about my dogs, you know? So, right. um, and when I did purchase seven lakes kennels, I mean, I thought about taking the, I mean, a lot of people are telling me to rebrand it and take out the word kennels because it just kind of gives off like a little bit of, you know, things have moved on to like mm-hmm. pet resort or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's all terminology and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I might may do that in the future at some point, you know, just mm-hmm. to kind of rebrand it. But yeah. um, I certainly wouldn't want anybody to think that it's not a place in which, you know, we take great care and cleanliness and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, when people come visit it, it's, you know, they, they right there say, okay, this is, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, you know, but kennels can throw some people off mm-hmm. and I didn't change the name immediately. So, you know, uh, it's, it's just kind of what it is yeah. at the moment. But being well. that you're mentioning that, um, do you have, I mean, you board as well as train uh-huh. over there. So, yep. Um, do you have space? Is that like something that is, I mean, can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what your actual business operation is? I know we've said it's not about promoting your business, but because you're here and I'm sure people are curious if they don't know. Well, we do boarding, grooming, training, and daycare, uh, daycare, you know, just drop off dogs, you know, for the most part, whenever you like Monday through Saturday. Eight to five. Um, boarding side, our spaces are four feet wide by 16 feet long. It's like a 7,000 square foot facility. Mm, so nice. it's pretty large. Um, and dogs have, you know, uh, space to themselves for the most part. We don't send up, tend to put a lot of boarding dogs together. We try to try to stay safe mm-hmm. with that. Safety is our biggest concern. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't just randomly put dogs together and stuff like that. Our sp- outdoor spaces, if there's a family of two, they go in that space together. We don't just kind of throw everybody around. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's from a trainer standpoint... You know, I mean, in in the boarding industry, daycare is really big right now, and that's a big thing. But from a trainer standpoint, the way that I approach it may be a little bit different, just because I've seen, you know, some of those bad apples that might get in there. Hmm. Not that that not that they're bad dogs. It's just like they may not have great social tendencies. Mm-hmm. So you know, they don't. Right. It's situational. It's and situational. Temperamental. Yeah. So these dogs come in and they're like, you know, I mean, they want to be. The Billy Bad A for that day, and you know, and you can't let them. You can't let them do that, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, every situation is going to have stuff like that. They're not. They're not bad dogs. They just, you know, socially or the behavior, body behavior of other dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't control that. There's intangibles that you just cannot control mm-hmm. when you start getting dogs into big groups. Yeah. So we kind of tend on the air. We, we air on the side of safety more so than just big, large groups. Yeah. You got to be cautious. Uh, you got to be very, very cautious yeah. in this in this game. Because every dog yeah. is completely different. I mean, uh. like at my like blue, the dog was telling you about the the lovable, annoying dog that I love so much. <laughs> he uh he man, he hates every single other dog, but he loves every single person there yeah, is. Yeah, it's just like he's like the he just he's just such a terrible like just hates all the dogs, but loves yeah. the humans. You know, yeah. So it's just crazy. I mean, I guess that's better than the other way around, of course. But you know, still, you know. But he did. He does let him. You know, he's letting. We rescued one named Piper uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was worried at first because he hates dogs. But you uh-huh. know, at, at, eventually, you know, he he let her in. But it was kind of one of those things. You know, it takes a while for him to to let you into his pack you know sure so yeah and i will say like you know for other people i I just you know if i believed everyone that came through seven lakes kennels door that said my dog plays well with other dogs (laughs) 
<laughs> then you know, I mean, <laughs> I would be in big trouble. You yeah. know, I mean, I just I can't believe that in every situation. Right. So right. we do err on the side of caution, and then you know we get a lot of outdoor play. It's in it's indoor, so it's uh, climate controlled and everything. But we get the dogs out four to five times a day. So, um, but that's kind of you know the wrap of our business and everything. Uh, we take cleanliness, you know, very very, uh, you know. We, we take extreme caution when it comes to cleanliness. In fact, I just invested in a bunch of different, you know, uh, cleaning solutions that are probably better for the dog and a little bit more biodegradable type stuff. And everything. When you so, say solutions, you mean like as in the solution cleaning, to a problem? No, or? chemicals. Okay. But, I mean, <laughs> but uh, natural you know, solutions yeah, just, was a better word, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting, 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 uh, you know, just being more uh, cautious on what we put around our animals. Yeah. You know, so natural so, solutions. Yeah, na- na- natural solutions. There yeah. You, yeah. you know, and just trying to invest in, in, and look for ways that uh, can be less harmful to any animal, you know. Because anytime when you're trying to kill bugs, you know, there's always that that mm-hmm. side that you have to, you know, take care of. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's um, I'm always looking for ways to um, promote the dog's health in those environments mm-hmm. uh, versus... You know, just uh, say, hey, we're just going to spray this thing down and get with it. I mean, yeah. right. you have to be cautious. Yeah, absolutely. So, And, like, keeping it clean, too, and, and you know, separate, separate all that. Parvo is a big thing, you know, like all those kind of, uh, you know, diseases that happen, especially yeah. when they're younger. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has preventatives, mm-hmm. you know, that can yeah. come in the doors. We require all that. Okay. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Great. It's, um, a great. it's a great business. But, and, I mean, it's good for me. And mm-hmm. your website? SevenLakesKennels.com. Okay. Yeah. And they could uh, see your availability and call you. Um, and yeah, that or... would be more on my social media, my Facebook. Okay. Uh, you know, Seven Lakes Kennels on Facebook and Instagram. You see a lot of our videos and, you know, kind of what we do and stuff on that. I don't do a whole lot on the website, although you can, you know, make reservations and stuff like that. But I post a lot of my uh, videos and stuff on social media. Okay. So. Awesome. Well, uh, Neil, did you want to add anything else? Uh, uh, no, I just uh, want to say thank you guys for having me. I oh, really appreciate you. it. I, mean, I think it's yeah. been um, a really cool, cool venture here today to be a part of the community and, you know, and say my piece and talk about my passion. Absolutely. Not necessarily yeah. my business, but I will we'll talk about my passion all day long. So yeah, I, love I like to promote myself as well. But um, what you guys are creating here is a... Um, a nice niche for the community thank you. To, to bring yeah, on these you. artists and musicians and uh, entrepreneurs and stuff that have these passions because um, really um, the young people that are out here in Moore County and places that might listen to this uh, really need to know that following some of those dreams and stuff can really happen. Mm-hmm. There's ups and downs. Like when I left uh, Missouri and came out of here, it wasn't just the easiest seven years of my life, but I kept plugging away, you know, mm-hmm. trying to raise a family and do that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I still made what my passion was. I was told along the way how are you going to do that how are you going to be able to do that don't let the naysayers just get in the way you know mm-hmm. keep going after that passion and trying to be the best version of you in that in that field you may not always be the best but you might be the best of that you can be so. yeah be honest yeah. Uh, humble as you can be you know work yep. hard and yep and also remember that you just i mean and i'm, I'm not the one to say it because i just follow i mean i did try to go to college i never graduated i went there four years <laughs> racked up a lot of debt and did about four different minors rather than a major um but left home realized it wasn't for me and moved to nashville to try to be famous you know and uh that, and mom was like wait what <laughs> you know like she supported yeah. me you know and so i went out there and did it but also so when out when you're younger you can afford a little bit more of that like 
recklessness, right? Right. But you also have to, as you, as I matured, I was like, because five years in Nashville, I was like, okay, racking up the debt. We're not getting famous anytime soon, or at least I don't know. Um, so maybe right. I should go back and you know make money with this thing or yep. try. Yep. And I got you know I, you know if I hadn't needed a job, I would, I would do stuff. But I was able to make a living playing music for twelve years, which sounds exciting and all that. But my living was like thirty five thousand dollars a year <laughs> before taxes and before everything else. But it was for me. I didn't have any kids. I loved it. It was my passion. But then it kind of soured a little. Not sour, but it got it got oh, it became a job. You know. So I was able to kind of I had my kids and I knew I need to provide for them. So, you know, long story short, follow your dreams always, but also try to have a little bit of a plan, a backup plan, Correct. like something like, Correct. you know, make some money. Don't just say I'm an artist and, you know, right. I don't need the money thing. This money, what is this money you speak yeah, of? You, you know, well, like, this is what, that's what happened to me though, Tony. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point is that <laughs> I was using this dog training to supplement my family. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I had a little bit of a pressure on myself yeah. to get good enough to supplement my family. Same here. <laughs> so that's what that, you know, so there is that side of that drive that that's needs true. to take place. That's true. That's yeah. true. You can't always play it super safe. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. And you say, you know, when people question your intentions and your, your, your goals, sure, they might be naysaying, but you could take that question and actually in, ask yourself the question without any judgment. Because, of yes. course, a lot of people ask that question with a, mm -hmm. a hefty dose of judgment. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> That's what? That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. You do what? Yeah. But, Under you know, if water you could, basket weaving? That's right. a job? Seriously? Yeah. I want that job. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can take that question and ask yourself when you're in a frame of reference to consider the, the question honestly and and use it as a, a place to maybe help develop a strategy or, yeah. you know, something like that. Because mm -hmm. I, I have been guilty of um, contrarianism, we'll say. You yeah. know, I've been yeah. asked that question many times over the years. Yeah. And I've said, you know, forget you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just keep going. At you it. have to have yeah. that personality. You have to be able to be willing to do it. I mean, mm. so I know I'm being, I'm, I'm the old mature guy now who's, who's established a little bit of myself. So I'm like, oh yeah, well you need to have a backup plan. But really, honestly, I didn't back then. Right. You know? So right. like, you know, <laughs> right, dropping right. out of college and going to Nashville and, and racking up even more debt probably wasn't the smartest thing. And my mom knew that, but she supported me and she believed in me, you know? So, and so did my family and friends and, and I believed in myself, you know, recklessly, but I did it. But, you know, I'm glad I never became famous. You know, I don't want, I don't want that stress yeah, on me I, anymore. It may have been something like that for me if my father wouldn't have just said, you're going to do something. Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up as a respiratory therapist for that reason. There you go. I had to go do something. Yeah, true. And then, but that, that wasn't my true passion. I will, I do tell some people though, I think that did give me the opportunity to see people at their worst mm -hmm. right i've seen people on, on their places that they 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 didn't make it out of right mm -hmm. and 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 as a as an army medic and stuff like that i saw people at their worst and then so when people come in with these like at wit's end with an animal and stuff i know that may sound insignificant when it comes to a, a, a human life or whatever but those same feelings are kind of correlating yeah like that you know they're at their wits end with their animal because they truly care about that animal mm -hmm. and they're having problems and then you see them like suffering a little bit you know emotional toll or that that's happening and stuff so i kind of see both sides of the human and the dog side and that's yeah. what makes me a little bit different on Absolutely. this as well Yeah, i mean i really so, appreciate again i think i said it earlier but i appreciate that you take that approach and view because you know you're right in the moment we all feel our feelings yeah. you know whether it's because of a, a serious health issue or because of a you know a, a situational you know a dog you know 
I'm trying to like maybe say this in a different way, but right. we're talking about dogs, you yeah. know, if yeah. trying to train a dog and, and finding it very difficult because of life. Stage and, four cancer. Right. I just got that phone call just the other day, right? I have stage four cancer and I'm really struggling with my dog. Oh no. I mean, so like you're calling me, like, I mean, you have, you know, like that's important. I mean, that's, that's big. Yeah. We're talking about, yeah. that's a huge responsibility. And at least I view it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's important to me. Like, I mean, so I'm sitting here going, well, I mean, how can I help? Like, I want to help this person on a much deeper level mm-hmm. than just, you know, I mean, that's hard times I've lost, uh, you know, I, I lost a really good friend, um, a couple of weeks, you know, about probably a month, month and a half ago that was training my dog down in Texas to do waterfowl stuff. We talked almost every day. Mm. Um, we, uh, you know, um, Man, yeah. and he was found passed away. Of course he had some health issues and stuff, you know, so I got my dog back and stuff, ended up with shingles with that. Hmm. I didn't realize that relationship meant that much to me. I mean, that's all stress related. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I really I am finding more and more out about myself that I'm on a much more emotional or a deeper level than I ever thought I really was. And so and that goes across to the dogs as well. Right. But when someone calls you up and says, listen, I've been battling, you know, stage four cancer for, you know, like five years and I'm having problems with my dog. Well, all you can think about is like, you know. I mean, the dog's probably running all over you because you don't have any energy. You don't have this, you know. So then your medical brain kicks in, like all these aspects that are taking place from a medical standpoint for them trying to maintain a puppy. Mm-hmm. That's it's a little. That's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's a really valuable uh, insight that you can bring to what you do. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think caring about the animal and the human element of it too. I mean, just the whole picture. It's not just like, yeah, I'll take your dog and train him to. I'm gonna put you, you on know. a puppy program. We're gonna go with it. Yeah, right. I mean, that's you know, here's the type of biscuits you need to. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just think of it differently, which is okay. Mm-hmm. From the next trainer, I will say like um, that they haven't had those experiences. Mm-hmm. That may not be where they're coming from, and they're probably successful as well. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's just, it's just a different perspective. Yeah. You're not so. putting anybody down. You're just, nope. you do it your way. And just yep. like any other business, I mean, and people have different strategies and techniques and, yep. you know, I, I really respect you as a person and, um, you know, I, I haven't known you that long, but we, you know, it was, I've seen you a couple of times you came out and played and you were, y'all were very nice when you talked to me and, yep. and kept in touch and yep. invited me to play a little private party for it's you guys. Great, man. Uh, that was fun. Really man. good. So, a lot of compliments on that too. Oh, thank you play you, good music. Thank you. That was a lot of fun so. too. And, and I, I really appreciate the relationships that, that music has brought me. I mean, that's uh-huh. why I'm doing this. Thing here, all these people that I'm bringing in is people that I've met through music, you know, um, or maybe real estate, but mostly music. So, you know, it's just for me, it's all about the relationships with people, uh-huh. and and, uh, and I appreciate that, and I really enjoy hearing people's stories. You know, I didn't, I had met you, but now I've learned so much about you. You know, like this <laughs> yeah, is it's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so I appreciate you sharing that with all of us, and and I, I really appreciate what you do for the the dog community and and the human community. You know, yeah. So, and thank you for your your past service in the military, and you're welcome. You know, so. Thank so you really, guys for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate Neil Copeland, everyone, coming on uh, to the show today. Uh, you know, Army veteran, uh, owner of Seven Lakes Kennels. Um, you can go to sevenlakeskennels.com, yes. right? And also on Facebook and social media, Instagram. Yep. Yep. Uh, check him out if you you know need some uh, services there. And uh, we got executive producer Frank Daniels always looking sharp with his beard beardness. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. And, uh, and we've got Tony Barnes. Yeah, my beard is not very awesome much these days, but... Uh, you know, a wonderful voice. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, we've we've had a, bl- a pleasure talking to you today, Neil. Yeah, thank you, and Frank. Thanks again, man. Uh, this is. Uh, we'll see you next time. Right? Yeah. Is that? Oh wait. Bye, buddy. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. So Bones Fork was on last week, and the, and one of the guys in the band was like, "My grandpa used to." And we were trying to come up with a sign off. We still haven't come up with a sign off yet. We've I like. So many things. I like that we never will come up. with Yeah, I think we just keep trying. At the end of the day, you know, right. just annoy the crap out of anybody who listens. But but I think this is a good one to stick with right now. Yeah. For you know, uh, Joe Felice actually of the band Bones Fork. He said his grandpa used to call him all the time, and he was so excited to hear him. You know, hear from him, and he talk, and then all of a sudden, just randomly, well, bye, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> bye, buddy. <laughs> It's like, it's crushed his soul. <laughs> so, so this is uh, more or less with Tony Barnes and Frank Daniels and Neil Copeland. Bob, well, Bob, buddy. Bye, buddy. <laughs>